Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colts Cast. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts Cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you can be notified on every new episode. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Colts Cast and on Instagram at Colts Cast. Not only will you see new episodes posted on there, but you will see updates from us, polls we run, opinions we tweet, and we will be starting giveaways in the next few weeks. Keep an eye out for that. We're going to be giving away some fresh free gear for Colts fans. Again, that's at the Colts Cast on Twitter and at Colts Cast on Instagram. Jamal, you ready to get into some Indianapolis Colts content? Let's get this work in. Let's get it. On today's episode, we will take a stab at the biggest questions for the Colts going forward after OTAs and minicamp. I do want to say we do have, I believe, one more OTA session. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it starts tomorrow, right? Or today? Uh, I believe it is tomorrow. June 13th. June 13th. Yep, tomorrow. So we'll be answering questions about what we've seen so far. So I know a lot of people are excited about this year. I am too. Jamal is as well. Oh, There's yeah. a lot to be excited about from this offseason, but it's time to be realistic. Right, Jamal? Mm-hmm. We're not perfect. Let's see what questions we still have going forward. So let's just start diving right into it. So since we were just talking about OTAs, organized team activities in minicamp, how did it go? Um at least for me, you know, seeing Naheem Hines get reps in that wide receiver, I thought that was interesting. Uh, Matt Ryan was hitting a lot of his wide receivers. I mean, we saw a lot of videos, uh, a lot of tweets, a lot of social media posts saying, oh, he's he's drilling it, which is good, you know. But he should be doing that <laughs> when <laughs> they're just throwing out OTAs or minicamp. Um, he should be hitting those throws, but which is good. We like we like, We like hearing that. Uh, one of the biggest storylines I probably hit was Kenny Moore. Yeah. And how he was, uh, he was present, but didn't participate at the beginning of OTAs. He's been eyeing that new contract. Still got two years left. At least he showed up, you know, right? That's right. Yeah. He wants to be there. Uh, he just wanted to make a statement, which if someone feels like they want to get paid, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that. Right. Mm hmm. Everyone has to, everyone has been civil about it, you know, and Wright and Ballard have spoken about it. Uh, it's it's just business at the end of the day. So that that that's how it is. We've seen, at least I've seen, you know, disorganized franchises where they haven't dealt with it correctly. But I, I think the Colts have have done their fair share for it, and Kenny Moore's taken. He, he's engaging in that, you know, very civilly. So for sure. Darius Leonard, surgery went well. Might have killed two birds with one stone there uh, with the back and ankle issue. Uh, Julian Blackman, back in action. A lot of people think he's one of the best safeties in the league. And by a lot of people, I mean Colts fans. I like that. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm excited to see him back on the field. Jamal, what what have you seen from OTAs and minicamp? I got you excited. Yeah. I mean, kind of piggybacking off exactly what you said, Darius Leonard getting the surgery. I'm excited to see that it was something where they're kind of pinpointing the back to the ankle. Uh, and he said he's feeling good. That's what's, that's what's most important. He's feeling good. Um, JT, obviously, we didn't see him, which I'm actually kind of excited that we didn't see him, especially because it's a non-contact, you know, 
uh, practice, so he doesn't really need to be out there in the field. We know he's young. He's yeah. put, getting in the gym every day. He's we, learning we, the plays. We know he's, what he's about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was kind of glad to not see yeah. him out there messing around. Um, uh, Gilly Lock, I mean, you know, he, he's been going strong. He's been really stepping into Gus Bradley's defense, and and we're going to talk about that in a minute, um, but I don't know. I'm sure everybody saw the video, man, I'm picking off Matt Ryan. The one-handed snag. So even you show even in that age, man, he's still getting out there every single play. And he's um, just nothing but a number. Exactly. You're right. You're right. And he, I'm telling you, boy, he's about to bring back that 2019 year for us. That's what I want to see. Um, but you know, he, he was quoted saying, "I just got to keep putting in the work, day in and day out, working on my technique, trusting my teammates, and go from there." Uh, and I really, really, really liked what he said: trusting my teammates and go from there. Because as we talked about in the Gus Bradley episode. You know, his defense is strongly based off of everybody kind of just doing their one part and not having to be all over the field. And I think Gilmore realizes that. And that's why he's kind of he's he's locked in. And I think he's going to continue to get more more and more locked in as the summer continues going into the fall, because there's nothing more satisfying to you when you know that I don't have to worry about somebody getting beat on the inside. I don't have to worry about trying to recorrect myself because I know everybody else taking care of business. So uh, it makes me excited that, that he, you know, that he feels confident in our defense and how he's saying the sky's the limit for our defense and he's really feeding into it. Um, You know, another one, like you mentioned, Matt Ryan, he's been out there getting it plays, throwing out, throwing the ball. Awesome. The entire time to our, to our young buck, Alec Pierce, who has really been a standout. We've seen plenty of videos of him getting after it. Uh, mm-hmm. Reich's been having nothing but high praises about him. Ryan's been having nothing but high praises about him. And we know he's continued to work to get to that starter role, uh, possibly at the RB2, uh, depending on um, you know what happens with Paris Campbell. Because Paris has been out there smashing it too. That's another one who they've been having a lot of good things to say about. So uh, yeah. I, it's been a positive outlook overall. It really has. I, I Honestly, man... The only negative thing I've really noticed was Kenny Moore, as you mentioned. You know, of course, his whole contract deal sitting out, but he did come and he participated. And but on day two, he didn't uh, participate after day two because he tweeted something. Uh, I didn't really see exactly what it was. But with that being said, it's one of those things where it's like you know. We don't know how serious it was. I'm going to assume it probably wasn't too serious. I'm going to hope I should say it's not too serious. Uh, and it's just something where he's going to sit out and kind of wait till we get to more of the contract time. But in all honesty, I think that this is something where it's more of a reality for both him and us as the Colts organization. When we think about, is he going to be willing to come out there if he doesn't have the contract? Because what if he would have been out there just messing around and non-contact? You know, ACLs are the number one non-contact injury. You know, you don't have to get hit for that. So what if that would have happened? And then, although he's still locked into his contract right now with us, you know, would that have played a role in a potentially, you know, restructuring his contract when the fall comes? It's just a small things like that I was kind of thinking about. So um, that was really the only negative I saw. Everything else has been really, really, really positive. As you touched on Naheem Hines getting around the field, I'm really excited for that because Reich said he said what he wanted to do with him, and he's, he's kind of planning out for it. So, Yeah, I like how you touched on Stephon Gilmore. You know, that's, that's going to be my hot take going into the season. He is going to make a tremendous impact on the defense. Alec Pierce, he's probably de facto wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. As you were saying, I I just don't think Paris Campbell can line it on you know on the outside 
I think Alec Pierce fits that. Um, what's it called? The Z receiver slot mm-hmm. more the flanker position. I think his size and, and, and build is a little better fitted for that. I think Paris Campbell's more into the slot role, the little intermediate routes. I mean, he can, he can be a deep ball specialist as well, but Alec Pierce, as far as contested catches goes and 50 fifties, I, I don't want to see Paris Campbell doing that a lot. I want to see Paris Campbell breaking free and getting open. Um, so yeah. that's, that's what I want to see. So, I think overall, many camp and OTAs, we, we've seen a lot of good things about it. I, you know, the only negative, maybe Kenny Moore, like mm-hmm. what, how are his feelings about the team? You know, does he really feel like he should be paid and, you know, oh, yeah. lump sum over what he's being paid now? He's got two years left, you know? Yeah. I, I'm hoping he can, you know, play. What, what if he even does better this season or keeps it on par, you know? Right. It's a par throughout his 18. 18- 18 holes, 18 games, whatever we play in that, that would be better for him. I feel like. Yeah. Um, I think another question while we're touching on this, you know, what are our biggest strengths? What are our biggest weaknesses? I think an obvious strength for us would be best running game in the NFL. Facts. Pretty self-explanatory. We have the Jonathan Taylor behind Mm -hmm. a great offensive line. A few holes we had to fill this offseason. Um, hopefully it doesn't negatively impact us as much as we think we are or it's going to be. But, you know, Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, I think they can hold it down. But however you want to spin it, we have one of the best rushing tags in the NFL. Uh, I believe Philadelphia might be the only team that had more rushing yards per game as a team than us. And that's because they have Jalen Hurts. They're Mm-hmm. You know, he's running the ball. It's not even designed at times. He'll just not work through his progressions, won't find his first one, and just he'll take off. But he's Jalen Hurts. He has that athletic ability, that rushing ability to take off and, and do that because he is not the greatest in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that would be one of our obvious strengths. Um, I think one of the weaknesses we have is just consistency. We started our season last year 0-3. Mm-hmm. We lost to the Seahawks and Rams at home back-to-back. That's bad. Real bad. Rams, yeah, Rams, they won the Super Bowl. Seahawks, they, they, were, they were good coming into the season. Um, but then we lost at the Titans, divisional game. After that, we started beating some good teams, like the 49ers, the Bills, and the Patriots. All playoff teams. So then <laughs> we turn around and lose our last two games of the season to the Raiders, who are without Darren Waller, their mm-hmm. best weapon on offense, mm-hmm. and the infamous Jaguars game, which I don't have to tell you about. But mm-hmm. we controlled our <laughs> destiny to get to the playoffs, and we didn't. Against probably the worst team in the NFL, we, we couldn't keep it in gear. We, we couldn't keep it in check. We lost. We couldn't stop the pass at all against both those teams, which could be a potential another weakness. But I, I've seen it in other games where we did contain the pass well. But these last two games, Trevor Lawrence completed over 70% of his passes. Derek Carr, almost 80%. Oof. I mean, we're talking four out of five passing plays. He's, he's, he's completing a pass? No, that, that's just not great. Um, but I think this year, our secondary did get better with the addition of Stephon Gilmore and Julian back, uh, Julian Blackman back from injury, I think. 
I also think the pass rush should be better too with the addition of Unique Ngakwe. Uh, I think Pay will step up to the game this year, even to a higher level. It's just going to be weird because we're under a different defensive coordinator. So mm-hmm. Gus Bradley, as we've talked about earlier, really blitzes. So for you know the four three defense, we we're gonna have to have our four down linemen. They're they're gonna have to step up because they're gonna be ones that that's creating pressure on the quarterbacks to get it done. Um, we're not gonna be blitzing the whole time. Or he could change up the script. Maybe he blitzes a lot this year. You know, I'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want us to be consistent. I I think we started off on a bad foot last year. And then we kind of picked it up, and then down the stretch in the fourth quarter, we we did not, we we did not execute well. Um, that was partly because of bad quarterback play. But I don't know if we can play it all on Carson Wentz. I know right. a lot of people like to do that because it's easy scapegoat. But again, just want us to be consistent. Let's win the games we're supposed to win. Uh, they always say that on any given Sunday, any team can beat any other team. That's true, but I don't want that team to be the Colts to get beaten. Uh, that's just how the NFL is. That's why so many people like it. There's parody. Unlike, you know, another sport like the NBA, it's, yeah. you know, these teams are the favorites. They're most likely going to make the finals. There, there's parody in the NFL. You don't know who's going to make it out. And I think we saw this, uh, saw an example of that last year. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of piggybacking off what you were saying there, uh, especially when it comes to our weaknesses, as you went down the list, uh, I was actually at the first two games. I was at the Seahawks game and the Rams game, and I watched the demise go down. And it was just a game. It was there, especially the Rams game. Man, it was a game where we were we were up. It was looking good, and big time players started making big time plays, and we kind of just cowered behind. We cowered behind, and we didn't know what to do. Uh, and that was tough to watch because it happened in the Seahawks. It happened at the Rams game. Uh, obviously, it happened against the Titans game. But also, the other one you mentioned I was at was the Raiders game. And, you know, they had big-time t- big players not there. Darren Waller wasn't there. And we watch – I just watch Hunter Renfro carve up the defense play after play after play after play. And it was sickening because when you're sitting there watching the game, <laughs> it was something where it's like, hey, you just know in your mind, in your heart of hearts, there's no way he's going to give it back to Renfro for the fourth time on this drive. Oh, what do you know? And right back to him. And no one yeah. made any adjustments. <laughs> so like you Hunter said. Renfro <laughs> earned an entire new contract off that game. That game alone, man, carved it up. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> But I say that because, like you mentioned, I'm really hoping with Gus's new defense coming in, since we're not going to be blitzing you know, that much and we're going to be focused on the def- defensive line, I'm really hoping that we can. he'll be quick enough and smart enough as well as to have the players trained enough to be able to make those adjustments that we need because we want to have those those big wins like against the Patriots and against the Bills. You know, or even the Bucks, or where we lost that game, was still a close game overall the entire game. So those are hard-fought games. But we can't have these fluke 0-3 starts or losing to these fluke teams like the Jaguars that have no business even being in the same conversation as us. Right. Just the talent level is different. Mm-hmm. And it's not like like some of those games, like you said, with Tampa Bay, it was very close. But, like, the Bills we destroyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, JT had a career game. Five yeah, touchdowns, we... rushing. Well, I forgot the 180 something yards thing. Maybe probably more than that. I just remember he had the five touchdowns for sure. Just right. carved him. But then we lose to the yeah. Any given Sunday, I mm-hmm. think is yeah. the best <laughs> yeah. response for all that. Absolutely. <laughs>
Next question. Jamal, can we really win the AFC South? We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around the yeah. decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues. Uh-huh. Uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. After this off season, I think that's a yes. I think that's a yes. And, you know, I think it's a little, I call it what you want, but I DraftKings right now has us at a minus 125 for, for winning our division. And, hmm. you know, I know that's that I just look at it kind of hard because it's not a situation. And I know they're definitely taking in to account last season and how it panned out for us and how we kind of lost a couple of division games, X, Y, Z. So I know that played a role, but we're talking about a division where the Texans are trash. The Jaguars have had now this is their second year back to back number one picks. So they they just picked up Doug Peterson. So they may be a little better this year, but for what it's worth, they shouldn't they shouldn't be affecting us as as they have in the past. Um, and then we look at the Titans, who lost their best receiver in AJ Brown. And of course, they did pick up Traylon Burks, uh, but they also replaced Julio with Robert Woods, who's coming off ACL to, uh, tear from the Rams. So it's almost a smack in the face that we're still only getting minus 125, especially with all of our additions. We have all of the injuries that we, you know, that are, that are now cleared up and we have a great draft. We had a great draft class, a great off season, new quarterback, new defense coordinator, new defense or new cornerbacks. So I think that it should be kind of clear cut for us. I would, I would appreciate it being a little, a little better odds than that, but on a real, um, realistic standpoint, yes, I do think we will win the AFC South. So I, I don't know that we will win every divisional game, but I don't see a problem with the the Texans. I don't see a problem with the Jaguars. I mean, we play them once up here and once down in Jacksonville, both should be wins for us. The, the Titans, I think that even with losing both, AJ Brown and Julio, they still will be a terror because they do have King Henry coming back. So we can't, we can't, you know, not say that he's not going to come out, but he's going to be carrying a heavy, heavy, heavy load this year, I feel like. So I think it may be interesting to see what it's like with him in there having to take on maybe even a bigger role. Maybe that'll wear him down some. That'll help us out in the long run. What, what do you think, Eric? Basically agree with everything you say. I, I think we can win the divisions. It's not can we, it's will we. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other team that's really formidable is the Titans. And like you said, I you were looking at DraftKings odds. I was looking at FanDuel odds. They were a little different. Colts were at minus 105, Titans plus mm. 145, Jaguars plus 700. You know, mm. uh, Texans were plus 2,600. So that's a lottery yeah. ticket at that point. Yeah. Um, But to just kind of analyze that, I, I don't see the Jaguars making a splash yet. We did just put a poll on Twitter, and we asked, is is the Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars, are they a legit contender this this upcoming season? And a lot of people are saying they are. Yeah, I don't see that yet. Me I, either. I, I don't see it yet. I think this is 
they're they're making a turn. But from what we saw last season, how how can you mm-hmm. say that? Mm-hmm. Um, the Texans just lost their franchise quarterback, even though you know Deshaun Watson didn't play last year. But you lost like mm-hmm. the one great thing about the Houston franchise. You had a you know arguably top five quarterback, so they're going to end up with three or four wins. Uh, that really just leaves us with the Colts and the and the Titans. Um, and we've talked about strength of schedule. According to the Athletic, the Colts and Titans' strength of schedule is vastly similar. We're talking uh, 0.469, 0.471, respectively. So very similar strength of schedule. It's just, you know, who's going to win those games down the stretch? Who's who's going to close out the games uh, as they should? Um, I think the Colts had a better offseason. Mm-hmm. I feel most people would agree with that, right? I think even Titans fans would agree. I think so. Titans got a little worse. Like you said, A.J. Brown, loss of that, is big. I don't think there's any way Traylon Burks can immediately be as productive as Brown his rookie year. I don't think so, but then we saw what Jamar Chase did with the Bengals. But very different situation. They had Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase is a better prospect than Traylon Burks. Um, But they also lost their Pro Bowl left guard, Roger Saffold. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they... They didn't replace, like, we replaced Rocky Sin with Stefan Gilmore. You can argue, if, if you really wanted to, you could argue that's a downgrade. Well, most people would argue the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can uh, I mean, there's just, we, we did things that potentially made our team better. I don't think the Titans did. Now, they did draft Malik Willis in the third round. Very high upside. He's an athletic quarterback, has a nice arm. Reminds me of Jalen Hurts. We were just talking about him. Uh, he just needs to become a better passer, but that upside, it's high, it's high. Uh, but he won't start unless Ryan Tannehill plays considerably worse. So Yeah, and like, I mean, we're, we're going to address that elephant in there, uh, the quarterback room for them. Who? With Tannehill. He don't, he don't, he's not trying to teach him. He's not yeah. trying to teach him how to play, so it's. Yeah, it's, they got issues going on. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, again, that's just another, that's that's a potential, a potential hurt for them that could help us out, you know I mean? They, I think they should throw hands for the starting spot week why one. Why not? But, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, yeah, Ryan Tannehill did come out publicly and say he's he's not there to be a mentor, which I don't, in my opinion, you don't need to say that. I understand you guys are fighting over the starting position, but you don't need to come out and say I'm not going to mentor <laughs> your teammate. <laughs> <laughs> Just my opinion. But uh, let's move on to the next burning question. Jamal, is Frank Wright and Chris Ballard gone if we don't make the playoffs? What about if we do and lose the first playoff game? Okay. Two-part question. So so just straight-up answer the first one. If we don't make the playoffs, yes, they have to be gone. They have to be. Ooh, um, both of them? Both of them. And 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 for for listen, four years Reich's been here, holds a record of thirty seven and twenty eight. Ballard been here since twenty seventeen, holds a record of forty one and forty. That's just over five hundred, Reich not too far over five hundred himself. This point, this is the now second year in a row we've had. We're gonna have a, I won't say stacked team because we're definitely not stacked, but a up and coming team. And we have a chance to pot- potentially not make the playoffs again. We can't. We can't have that. It's just been too much going on. Too good of a squad that we had last year to miss the playoffs last year. So we can't repeat that. And it's 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 
I think it's just something where we haven't really felt the pressure. Ursay is a really respectable guy. Ursay loves the Colts. He'll do anything for the Colts. He lives and breathes his team. But with that being said, he's also not a cutthroat person. So I think that it's something where we have continued, as I've said before, we've continued to kind of let these things slide under the radar because we have a good speaker in Reich. He's a very good motivational speaker. He's a good persuader when it comes to saying, hey, just keep calm. We're going to get it under control. But that that's not how this game works, man. As we mentioned, at the end of the day, this is a business. You know what I mean? Everyone yeah. has one goal in mind. That's to get to the promised land. And we haven't we haven't looked like we're even near getting to the promised land since that AFC championship game against the Chiefs when A-Luck bounced back or the, the AFC conference game before we went to the AFC championship game when he bounced back and, and we came back and won. But besides that, man, we haven't looked we haven't looked like the team that we need to be. And I think it's something where we have to we have to really take all that into consideration. And so I, I, I truly think if we miss the playoffs, then they're gone. Now, if we get to the playoffs and we only win our first game, I think that you have to consider, you still have to consider letting them go. Reason being is because, again, one game is not going to be the the end-all, be-all for us. Because to me, that's just shying away from it. That would have been the same thing if we would have kept wins and said, well, now this year we won 10 games or 11 games with him. So that shows that he was still still good. No, it doesn't work like that. You can't, you cannot just win or win. You can't just get to one portion of the mountain, as, as Frank always says, to the next, you know, the next summer of the mountain, get that first playoff win. And you kind of throw everything behind you say, oh, yeah, we we didn't we don't care about what else went on. So I think that even if we get one win, you still have to consider are we on the hot seat? We have to get at least two playoff wins because everyone knows Ballard. He's been awesome. I mean, we on NFL.com had him ranked as the 12th best GM in 2021, but we didn't make the playoffs. On mm. paper, some of his some of his moves have been great. Leonard, Nelson, picking up all right. the J- JT. But then we look at this other stuff like Wentz and losing all these first round picks. So you don't want to I don't want to throw him completely under when I say that, but PFF had him ranked as a third overall GM on draft day for trades. Third out of the entire league, which is awesome. But how has that translated to the field? It hasn't. It really hasn't. So I think that you have to you have to really consider if this is the right fit for them. If we only win one playoff game and then we lose. Now, let's say we get to game two and it's against a team like the Bills or the Chiefs or something where it, and, and it's a closer game. Then, OK, fine. You can you can take that to consideration. But I'm telling you, if we go into if we win a first round playoff game, then go into week two and just get smoked. With not even giving up a fight, I mean, you got to ask yourself, like, come on, what's going on? And so, I, is it still? I have a question for you. Yeah, is it still Chris Ballard's fault? Because you said he's he's done his job well, he's drafted mm-hmm. well. Uh, maybe just picking up Wentz probably wasn't the right fit. Mm-hmm. But does it still fall on his responsibility if the team doesn't execute? Um, I think so. I, I think so. And reason being because Reich, he he does take a lot of responsibility at the end of every season. His press conference come out, X, Y, Z. He always takes responsibility for the games and all of that, which is fine because he, I mean, he's the head coach, but kind of supposed to stop with him. But at the same time, as the GM, you've put, you have put your players in place or you've put the team in place, but you have to also 
I don't know. I feel like they have to have a, a bigger role than uh, with the head coach as well, because they're overseeing everything that's going on. So I don't think that with a good conscience, you can say, all right, I'm going to get rid of the head coach and not, and just keep the GM around. Because again, I know that numbers speak well. I know third overall, you know, draft day. I know being ranked 12th best GM is there, but maybe he should have had more say so with the head coaching or with some of the other position coaches or something. I don't really know the full, full role of the GM, so I can't speculate. I know that he obviously doesn't have the power to get rid of a head coach, but if he has the power to kind of help navigate the players and all this, you would think that we would maybe have the power to help navigate what coaches we can get in place to help be successful within the organization. Mm, I gotcha. Well, I, I'm not on the same spectrum with you. I, I don't think they should be gone if they miss the playoffs this year. Okay. It's going to be very disappointing but I will say that de- that that hot seat it definitely goes up to 100 degrees next year for Frank Wright at least if the Colts don't make the playoffs this year. Uh, I just know they extended him through 2026, so they have a future in place for him. We're only in 2022. I, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's a little it's early termination. His his one bad you know remark would be he pushed for Carson Wentz. He was the sole. He he wasn't sole reason, but he was one of the factors of getting Carson Wentz to Indy. He's the one that made it happen. He vouched for him. Uh, in turn, we wasted a 2022 first-round pick, which would have been very useful this year, mm-hmm. and 2021 third-round pick. He has to right his wrongs this year by winning the AFC South. Nothing less than that. Uh, I, I read they were even considering dropping Wentz even if they made the playoffs. So right. they knew he wasn't a right fit, I mean, middle of the season. Now we have an established QB in Matt Ryan, playoff experience, I guess just like Carson Wentz did, but we think he's better. Everyone thinks he's better. Uh, added some great players on defense, new defensive coordinator, coordinator. I don't think there's any excuses this year. So if we don't make the playoffs this year, yeah, that – that hot seat is crazy. The AFC South is one of the easiest divisions in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It, sorry to say, but you know when you got the Jags and Texans, it's it's not, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, you're it's right. Not too bad. Uh, Chris Ballard, on the other hand, I think might be on a lukewarm seat, if any kind of seat. Uh, he trusted right with the Wentz project, and that didn't go well. However, I just like you were saying, he. He's drafted some talented players. He has an eye for talent. There's a reason he's ranked this high as a GM. He's drafted very well. I just don't see them. I just don't see them take him out of the picture just yet. I, I think he's he's done right in his portion. That's why I want to ask you that question. But I I don't know if you can get rid of Chris Ballard just yet. But that's just my opinion. All right. Well, can I ask you a question to piggyback off that then? So as we as we talked about, we know he's done right overall for the team standpoint of drafting good players, et cetera. But do you feel that there has been no true focus on the quarterback position since Andrew Luck abruptly retired in 2018 or the end of 2018 and 2019? Because I feel like we have made an effort to get the other players because we know Ballard is not a showtime player. He doesn't want he doesn't want flashy guys. He doesn't you know, he doesn't care about that kind of stuff. But when we look at Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Philip Rivers, then Carson Wentz, 
where has there been any push, you know, to to try to set us up to the to the to the right spot in the quarterback position? I mean, we we drafted Sam Ellinger, which again I know we talked about him, but that's another one who hasn't even seen the field yet. Yeah. So I feel like we haven't put any presence on the quarterback role besides Wentz again. But I don't even think that Ballard won it Wentz from the beginning. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you love running? Do you dream of running on a forested trail or a crowded road race? Martha Runs the World podcast is the place for you. We are about running for runners. We bring you running wisdom and inspiring stories every week. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. think well first part of that is there's not many franchises that have a potential top five quarterback that retires abruptly mm-hmm. because of injury so i think that threw a corkscrew into their plans so they had to shuffle around what, what are we going to do about the quarterback position you know, they basically have to start all over so that started with the jacoby Brissett, brian hoyer things like that um i think that was one of the issues into finding a quarterback because they had a quarterback of the future. Andrew Luck would still mm-hmm. be playing right now, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So it, he did the right thing. He, he, he got Andrew Luck. Um, but yeah, this, this uh, juggling around quarterbacks is, I mean, in hindsight is a problem. I don't know how to answer that question. What, like, what can we do to solve the quarterback situation? Well, yeah, because I know that we're going to obviously be looking for that's the whole point of getting Ryan on two year Foles on a two year to kind of give us yeah. a little bit of time to figure out what our next goal is. Um, but I guess I was just more so asking, because like you said, he'll be on a lukewarm seat for you. Do we not do we not play the quarterback role as any in any kind of context as to maybe trying to figure out because we've now had we're going to go on now year four of a luck being gone and we've just did a plug and play, plug and play, plug and play each year. And it's not worked, you know? Yeah, it is an extreme situation for Indianapolis because of the Andrew Luck situation. I think if, so if we did, if we had that first round pick, we probably could have taken a shot at one of these quarterbacks in this Mm -hmm. year's draft, even though it wasn't the best QB draft, but we would have had them. We would have seen what they are about. Um, Instead, we took a shot at Carson Wentz. Didn't work out. Now we have Matt Ryan. Um, I do think it, yeah, it sucks having a new quarterback every single year, but they're trying to figure out what works for this offense. Um, I I think Matt Ryan is the best fit, um, than any other free agent quarterback that was on the market at the time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess some people were pushing for Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not too high on him. So I hope that answers your question. No, that did. That did. But to our last question, will we actually win week one versus the Houston Texans? I know you have a lot to say about this. so And and there's a lot of background to it, so I'm going to let Jamal explain. We better. <laughs> that's, that's first and <laughs> foremost. There is a – there is – there should be, in theory, there should be a 0% chance of us losing this game. As we talked about, we're talking about a Texans team who no longer has a franchise quarterback, who have – they basically have nothing to play for. 
Davis Mills is going to be in there trying to do what he can do, but their their franchise is in shambles right now. But we are 0 and 8, 0 and 8 starting off the season since 2013. That was the last time we got a win to start off season one, and that was in 2013 against the Raiders. What the fuck? <laughs> Zero straight years of of not having a win. And Ursay always says year after year after year, we have to get a win on game one. We have to get a win on game one. We have to get a win on game one. This is the first year we've had in a while where we should pretty much have a freebie. I don't know if they made our right. schedule like this so we can kind of get one in a bag. But, man, it's disheartening. It's disheartening when you think of it because how – like, how do you come out and play hard when when you know the the stigma behind it? You know, every team that we have to play, I'm sure they don't keep up as much as us fans do. But, you know, it's hard to go out there and play hard when you know that you, you never start off the game 1-0. And as we saw last season, when you start off this season with the 0-1 record, it can spiral you downhill real quick. You lose one, then you lose two, then you lose three. Now you're 0-3. You're not even looking at playoffs right now because you're trying to figure out how can we make this a Seven, you know, eight eight win season. So, I think that if we start off this season zero and one, we're going to be in trouble for a, for the second game, which is down in Jacksonville, because we know oh, the history boy. of going down to Jacksonville. So, there's a potential for us to start off this season zero and two to then come home for the home opener against the Kansas City Chiefs, Bruh. So I don't Let's not even talk <laughs> yeah. about this. Yeah, that is scary. Yeah, so it is. It is. It is most important that we win game one. We have to. I don't care if it's by one point or forty. I mean, we we let we let the Texans score a total of uh, six points or three points on us last season. So Let's there's keep no like that. exactly. There's no excuse. We have to come out win game one. Break this curse. This eight year curse on us. So we can then go out and win game two and come home for a game three. I think it's inevitable, but we have we have to win. There's there's nothing else to say besides we have to win. That's a crazy stat. I I did not know about that. Yes. But I'm gonna keep it simple with you. If we mess around and lose to the Texans week one, I'm quitting <laughs> this podcast, bro. <laughs> I don't care if it's in Houston away game. I don't care. The Mar that Marlon Mack has a revenge narrative, maybe. Right. I don't care if we're zero and eight in week one. If we go to Houston and lose, so my goodness, I am <laughs> going to have a heart attack. We just like you said, we need to set the tone with two divisional wins back to back in week one and two to come yes. home with momentum against the Chiefs. Those, I mean that. This might be one of the most important three game stretch of our of, Absolutely. of, of the whole schedule. Absolutely. Because not to mention have, Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, we just have to, man. I'm not Oh yeah, saying. yeah. I was gonna say, not to mention the first two games are divisional games. So that's gonna set the tempo too. So we cannot we cannot lose either of those games. We about to have Davis Mills ball out on us. <laughs> exactly. <but>. Exactly. <laughs> In Lovey Smith's first year with the Texans. Oh man. Nah, fam. I'm yeah. not I'm not allowing that. Hey. This podcast will be over. <laughs> I will not <laughs> I can't I can't do it. I just can't do it. Cause then that is gonna set us up for a week two loss and then yep. yeah, Chiefs are gonna come yep. home, steamroll us. It's gonna be a repeat of last year. Exactly. Can't do it. We don't need them problems. Hey man, but the last one I want to mention to you though, oh, we uh, this is the last one. 
is, and I know a lot of fans will appreciate this, but will the roof actually be open this year? Eric, I don't know if you know the stats on the on the roof and when how it's never, ever, ever open. Bruh, this is a seven hundred and twenty in two in two thousand eight, this this stadium cost seven hundred and twenty million dollars. So you do the math. I don't know what inflation everything now, but I'm gonna guess it's close to a billion dollars at this point here in twenty twenty two. It's a good guess. And this is a stat from twenty nineteen, I believe it was twenty twenty. Eric, out of ninety seven regular season games, take a guess how many times the roof's been open. Two. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you twenty eight total times. That's twenty six percent, bro. What do you pay all this oh, wow. money for a stadium with a retractable <laughs> roof? And it's been open twenty six percent of the time. And I, and keep in mind up here, there the humidity is not bad. The winters are a little cold. I mean, they are the winters are cold. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna say they're not. But for what it's worth, man, in August and September, it feels great up here compared to back home in SC where y'all are dealing with this scary heat. I just don't understand how we built this stadium and we never, ever, 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 ever have the roof open. I understand when it's raining. I understand when it's really cold or it's really hot. You don't want to have it be a factor. But one thing, you know, I know Ursay has the, the final decision at the end of the day. But, you know, it's one, it's, it's something to me where you've heard it say or you heard people say, oh, we use it to our advantage against against a team who maybe isn't used to the climate. or We want to make it hard for them. But, bro, we it's I, to me, I personally think that it's just as negative to the next person if we open up the roof because we never play with it open, you know. So how is it going to help us if it's if we never even get a chance to experience the elements with it? And and I'll tell you, I think I've been to like a total of ten games and stuff since being up here, um, and it has been open twice out of my games I've been to. One was Peyton when he came back that first game in Denver and they opened it because he hated the roof open. He never wanted it open. He wanted it to be perfect conditions all the time. And it was freezing cold, man. It was in October. It was, I think it was, I don't think it snowed that night, but I know it was super cold. It was a late primetime game and the roof was open and you had to have a jacket on the entire time. Besides that, the only other time it's been open was when I went a couple years ago uh, for a practice, for a practice they had and they had the roof open and the window open but besides that man this roof is closed all the time so i would just love to as a fan be able to experience football in the elements and as and see these players get a chance to get out there and play in the elements sometime i just think it's crazy that we have this awesome stadium all these cool things you know it's retractable roof and we just never utilize it so that, that's my rant which is crazy because i was actually doing some research on the bill stadium high mark stadium mm-hmm they don't have a roof up there, so mm-hmm. like when that it snow snows, comes, it's over. <laughs> like it's for over. your fans and how cold it gets in there. Like, yep. But I, I, roofs up there. I mean, roofs in general, retractable roof for a stadium is like a billion dollars. So exactly. They, they, <laughs> they, it just doesn't they make rather, sense. Bro. Yeah, they rather the fans be blistering cold than put a roof up there. <laughs> yeah. It's money. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's interesting about Indianapolis. I shot very low for that number just because I haven't seen it. You know, yeah, so, it's never ever but, ever open. It'll be open on a random Tuesday when you drive past the stadium. It'll just be open just because. But game time, nah, it's yeah. closed. It's locked up. <laughs> well, hopefully your voice gets heard <laughs> on that. <laughs> well, that's gonna wrap it up for us, folks. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts Cast. We release episodes every Monday and Friday morning. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back on Friday to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. 
I'll take care. Have a good one.